Let's start from the first bracha and understand. We're trying to do what the Aimek, a little bit of the Aimek, that Chazal put into the Shmona Esrei. And uh, we may we know what we meant to be thinking when we're davening as well. If you're able to focus on a bit more of the depth to the Tvena than just the, just the fact that we're davening. So the first point. The way we begin Shmona Esrei, mentioned already, is unique. Every bracha we always say starts the same way. Baruch Atah Hashem and Ekeinu Melech Ha'olam. And Shmona Esrei is the only bracha which doesn't start like that. Baruch Atah Hashem and Ekeinu, yes, but we don't say Melech Ha'olam. Which is strange, because the Gemara says in brachas, that's how we paskin, that every bracha is the Shem of Malchus. Shem is Hashem's name, and Malchus is the Melech Ha'olam. And the exception to the rule, which is the one we would expect the most, to refer to Hashem as the Melech, is Shmona Esrei. And like we saw in the previous slide, the whole idea of Shmona Esrei is speaking to Hashem in his capacity as the one who's deciding, as one who's judging. So why here don't we use the term we always use of Melech Ha'olam? Instead of that, we use a different term. We say that. I mean, this is what we're going to detail. Like Avram, like Yitzchok, like Yaakov. So why would that uh, replace the normal, the normal term of referring to Hashem to as Melech Olam? Specifically, when Tefillah is, like we said, to the Malchus, to Hashem's the way of acting with us, that he's deciding and he's listening to Atfila and he's going to accept or Atfila or hold or judge us and decide Atfila is not yet enough to tap the scales. So let's understand. What we want from using the phrase is first In other words, what's the praise of Hashem? We mean to say when you say Now the nicer we find in Chumash Parashas that the Avos themselves refer to Hashem like that. Yaakov uh, Avinu, for example, when he davens, he says So Yaakov himself uh, davens with that nusach. It wasn't a Nusach which Chazal invented. It comes from the Torah. And then the Rekei Yaakov is because Yaakov himself told Yosef before his Nifta that uh, that you'll use my name as well which, uh, when you get when you daven. And therefore the idea of using using the Avos as the reason to daven we already find in the Torah. Yaakov didn't daven Hashem Melech Oilam but rather Hashem Melech Oilam but what was the what was the maila of Yaakov's bringing the is Abraham and Yitzchak into his Twitter? And why is that something which is specific to Shmuel So there's an ele, an extra element in Shmuel which we want to so to speak connect to when you mention the schools of the Alves. What did Yaakov Avinu mean? Yaakov in meant that he's diving not just in his chos, but rather his chos the the promise Hashem made to Abraham, and the promise Hashem made to Yitzchak. And therefore Yaakov says, if I'm the fulfillment of that promise, it's going to be through me that that promise continues, so then I'm using the chos of the Abbas, but I'm as well. 
Now that's a an added element to to Tvila, and that is we spoke about previously that Hakadosh Baruch Hu decides, and we spoke about previously that Hakadosh Baruch Hu judges, and that applies to everything in the world. And Hashem is a Shofar Tzedek, Hashem is a fair judge, and therefore anything gets judged and based on its merits or on accusations against it is what Hashem is going to decide. But when we're coming to Daven Hashem, we want to bring another factor into the equation also. And that is the promise he made to the Avos. The promise he made to the Avos because that's another source of source for us. Which means if you're going to approach Hashem just on our own strength, so to speak, or because of what we deserve on our own, so then we're going to get judged on our own merits only. If you're going to come to Kodesh Baruch and say, it's not, we're not just coming because we deserve to be answered, but rather because of the promise you made to the others. And if that's the case, that's also something which stands to our credit. And that's why we mentioned that. That uh, the promise you made to Avram, to Yitzhak, and to Yaakov, it all should work fast. And uh, we made it add that to the equation when, you, when we're going to dive into. Now, why should that be? In the case of Yaakov Avinu, we can understand that he was the only fulfillment of that promise. He was the only fulfillment of that promise. And therefore, if he's going to save, Hashem, if you're not going to save me, so then the promise you made to Avram and Yitzchak is going to be left uh, incomplete, unfulfilled. Because who else is there? But by us, Baruch Hashem, we're the lots of Yudin. So the fact that I'm davening for myself, well, even if Hashem chooses not to answer me, there are enough, enough other people through whom the Saftafa could be fulfilled. And you see this uh, to an extreme level of the Chayta Ego. When HaKadosh Baruch says, I'm going to destroy the Jewish people, and Moshe Ben says, well, what about the promise to the Ovis? What about the Shkosa of Ram Yisrael Yaakov? And Chazal says, Hashem says, I'll, I'll rebuild Klai Yisrael through you. Which means, it won't be a, even if Hashem would have destroyed Klai Yisrael, it wouldn't have been a and fulfillment of the promise. It wouldn't have been a Kila Hashem renege in his world because he could have recreated Klai from Moshe. Moshe was a descendant of the Ovis, and therefore the promise would still have been Miskayim. The promise would still have been Miskayim. But if that's the case, then what do we have to ask Hashem? In the merit of the promise you made to the others. So Hashem saved me as well. If the promise could also be fulfilled without us being saved as individuals. This question only, only, only would work if, if not every single person in Klai was asking this question. Because once every, every single person is asking this question, then, then there's no one left. If, if something is going to apply to everybody or to nobody, then you're right. But if the question is going to apply for each individual, so then it doesn't have to be through you that Tavdach Tavis is fulfilled. So it's Tavka in an in, individual question. So when a person is asking for himself, that's what he asks. What is he meant to think when he asks this? And the answer is Pashat. Uh, uh, it's Pashat, but first we have to give a bit of background to what the concept of Schus Avis means. Because we always talk about the Schus Avis. What does it mean? What does the concept mean of Schus Avis? Uh, definitely invoking the schos of the avos in the schos. What does it mean? In other words, there's two levels to understand. The first one is that the schos of the avos is that Kodesh Baruch Hu made a promise to them that their descendants he would treat differently. They would become Klal Yisrael. He would look after them forever. They would never be destroyed. In different avtachos he made a different uh, at different times to the avos. So the first point of schos avos is that the let's call this the default schosavos. The default schosavos is Hashem can't destroy the Jewish people. Hashem can't destroy the Jewish people. Hashem can't uh, change his mind about the fact that we are the chosen people. 
Hashem can't decide not to bring Mashiach. These will have to have Hashem to the Avos, and Hashem will fulfill that. And uh, some to bring us back to Israel, and there was also have to to the Avos. So if that's the case, the default position would be, even if Klai Yisrael don't deserve it at all, but there still has to be some remnant of Klai Yisrael to be saved because Hashem's promise to Avos, Chas Hashem can't be annulled. Call it the bris if you want, but it means that when, there were times when Klai Yisrael had no sfosim, or didn't deserve anything, and what saved us was the fact that there was the bris of the Avos. They called the schos of the the bris of the In other words, that that's what. And there were times in the Nachar that says that the Kaddish Baruch the Klai Yisrael's collective level was so bad that if not for the schos of Hashem would, wouldn't have wanted to save him. So that's a default schos of and that applies in the case where a person there's nothing else. And then it's a question of saving Klai Yisrael or Chas Hashem and Klai Yisrael to get destroyed. That's when this level of Chos Avos applies. The Rakhodesh Baruch Hu's promise to the Avos in our sixth parasha that if they are kind of being in Shvati, Hashem will always make sure that Klai Yisrael will survive, will not be destroyed, will not be uh, attacked too much by the guy. And that's all. That's that's what we've gained from the Avos. But that's if we're in, the, in a position where that's the only thing we have going for us. There's another element of Chos Avos also. And this is what Rechaim Velazhin writes on the Mishnah. And uh, the famous Mishnah that's Perka Avis, that talks about the fact that there were 10 dairies from Adam to Noach and 10 dairies from Noach to Avram. And then the next Mishnah says there were 10 Nisyan 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 Avram Avinu. And Rechaim Velazhin asks why the first Mishnah is just calling Avram. There were 10 generations from Noach to Avram. And the second Mishnah talks about the 10 trials that Avram Avinu, uh, our father, so to speak, uh, endured or, or triumphed over. And Chaim is a very famous word in the Pasuk of Mishlei. And that is if a person is if a person is a tzaddik, so then that makes a difference to his descendants after him, which means they're going to they, they're going to gain from whatever the level that the, that the, the obvious particular Abraham inculcated into Klai Yisrael so that becomes something which is part of us and that's why it's called Avinu because that way he's our father and that way he has given us called that spiritual DNA it's a well known God but the aside of that and that is Davening for Sosavos therefore means of that connection to the Avos Davening because of our connection to the Avos and it's not now talking about a case where Klai Yisrael have disconnected from the Avos but there's still the promise Hashem made which is our last like that last lifeline holding us by a thin thread because we're not going to get destroyed but rather it's talking the other way around the person who wants to connect to the Avos and the person who therefore he's, he, he has a source of the Avos in the sense that that's the starting point from which Klai Yisrael can grow that's the starting point from which Klai Yisrael can develop and the source of the Avos for the person who wants to improve and who wants to become like the Avos is the, the, the backdrop against which they're going to achieve and that's why the, the, that was the that was the start that was with Abram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, so to speak, put into Klai Yisrael, became a beginning point for anyone later, any of their descendants, to, to, to start their growth from. If that's the case, so that applies to each individual. Because if we're going to say, Hashem, we have the, so to speak, the spiritual genetics of the Avos, we have the Kayach so that the Avos put into us, we, like the Gemara says many times, at the midst of Klai Yisrael, whatever the Gemara says, different things in different places, like in the Chasadim, the Baishanim, the Rachmanim, whatever the Bnei Avraham Avinu, whatever the Gemara says, that's part of us. 
Okay, that applies to each individual. And that applies to each individual. So then each individual can daven from the point of, I have that, if I'm trying to connect to the Ovis, or I'm trying to go in the footsteps of the Ovis, then I can say, I have that, I have that starting point as well. That uh, was given to me, was bequeathed to me. It's my Yerusha as a Jew, as from the Ovis as well. And Mimela, our point of davening, isn't to daven to Hashem that we're holding by such a bad point that we need this for service to save us. Otherwise, we're going to be destroyed. That was what Moshe davened by the time of the Eagle, and that was other times in history where Kaisal really were at such an adder, at such a low point, that that was the only thing stopping them being destroyed. That's not the point we're coming to davening from. The point we're coming to davening from is the other one. Is we're coming to uh, try and improve or grow in the footsteps of the Avos. And if that's the case, the foundation that they laid becomes the starting point for all of us. And if each, each of us is an individual, we, our growth path begins from the, ba- the foundation which the Avos built. Now, that's a nice idea, and if you want to explain the time very well, uh, it says that Mosa Meyagiwa Maisa Le Maisa Avosa, from Yisuk Biyakov, it's a good way to explain it. But what's going to do with Avani? Why does it become a starting point now, Avani? In other words, uh, the idea that we're expressing isn't that Hashem save us because of your, without your promise, Avos will be destroyed. The idea we're expressing is, because Baruch, we're davening to you because we're a continuation. We're a descendant, and therefore we, we maintain or continue the avoid of Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. So why is it the starting point of Tvil? And the answer is, and this is what we're going to learn, and that is part of, the, part of what the Avos imbued in Klai Yisrael. Besides for the mysterious Nevesh of Abraham and the Chesed of Abraham, besides for the mysterious Nevesh of Yitzhak, and besides for the Emun of Yaakov, whatever other points, and there are many of them, that we can say that the Avos inculcated into Klai Yisrael, part of that was Tvila. Abraham was attacking the Tvila, and Yitzhak was attacking the Tvila, and Yaakov was attacking the Tvila. And there were three different Tvilas. You have to understand. It's not that Abraham said, okay, the morning is a good time to daven. Yitzhak said, why not also the afternoon? And Yaakov said, no, the night's free, that's the night time too. It wasn't the same Tvila three times. Each one had a certain Tvila that they came to add to Kala Yisrael, and that becomes, that becomes our, our, starting, our starting point in Tvila. That becomes the basis of Tvila, of what you're building off. And if that's the case, we come into Daven Shemun Esrei. Whether it's a Shaykh or a Menchua or a Marek, we're coming off the Koyach HaTvila of Avraham Yusuf and Yaakov, which means that's also a foundation which was laid. The ability to Daven. And there's the way Avraham Davens, the way Yusuf Davens, the way Yaakov Davens. And why am I saying that? Because we Daven three times a day. We don't just say, okay, Avraham in the morning, and okay, Yusuf in the afternoon, and okay, Yaakov at night, because it happened to be that that's the time which was most appropriate for that Tvila, but there's different Koyachs in Tvila. There's different styles, if you want, approaches to Hashem, which were laid down by the Ovis. And therefore, whichever tefillah it's going to be, we could use the Mahalach of Avram or of Yitzchak or of Yaakov, and that's our starting point in tefillah. And that is just like where, when we approach Hashem, where our, our, our roadmap, if one wants to call it that, of how we're approaching Hashem is either through the tefillah of Avram, or through the tefillah of Yitzchak, or through the tefillah of Yaakov. That, was, uh, that laid down, so to speak, the, the directions of how tefillah is meant to be, and we're going to go in the path of one of them when we daven. And like I said, it's not defined to a certain part of the day. It defines to the Twitter a person needs to daven. And based on the Twitter he wants to daven, is going to be the approach to Twitter that he uses. And you see this in the, 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 the Psukim themselves. When it talks about uh, the Twitter each one daven, so these are different assurances for Twitter. By Yitzhak, for example, it says, um, Yitzhak, 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 Wherever the notion is, there's a difference between the language of Tvila being used by Rome's Tvila, by Yisla's Tvila, and by Yaakov's Tvila. 
And like we said, it's not just there for those different times, it was a different style of Tvila. And that's where we're coming from. That's where we're coming from. And therefore, just like Hashem, you answered the others when they davened. So we're as the descendants are following in their footsteps of how to daven. And then we're hoping Hashem is going to answer us as well. And why do we need a mahalach for that? I read Tefillah was something intrinsic in the Bria from the time of Adam Rishon. Like we know, because Rokh wanted Adam to daven as well. So why do we need the office to chant a part for us how to daven? Why can we just daven? What, what's, what's the... What, what, what was the kayak that the, the tefillah the Ovis had that we're trying to emulate rather than just talking to Hashem? That's what we said before. And that is the understanding of what tefillah can do. Of course, to cry out to Hashem or to ask for something a person can always do, and people always have done. But the idea of a tefillah, which means there's a certain way to understand, so to speak, the, the midah Hashem is using around in the world and how to approach Him and how to, how to interact with Him in that way that is that he's dealing with us, that was the framework that the Ovis gave us. That, that was the framework that the Ovis gave us, and it's very straightforward. Basically, we know that the way, there was a difference between Avraham Avinu's relationship with Hashem, or, let's say better, the way Avraham Avinu uh, interacted with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the way Yitzhak interacted with Hashem, and the way Yaakov interacted with Hashem. And each one defined a certain, uh, a certain midah, a certain way of, of identifying how Hashem acts with us, and then relating to Hashem in that way. And you that's going to be our framework for Tefillah 2. That's going to be our framework for Tefillah 2. And that is one of those approaches that we have of how to interact with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which we learned from the Avos. That's the style of we're going to use. And that's more, more exacting, if you want, uh, than just saying Melech Olam. Because the Melech can choose different approaches how to act, and therefore Melech Olam is more general. Whereas we're going to say, Elke Avram, Elke Yitzhak, Elke Yaakov, that Hashem, you answer Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, in different elements of how they dive into you, so then we've, defi- we've so to speak, more uh, accurately s- split up that concept of, of relating to Hashem as a Melech into different ways the Melech acts. For example, just like we said at Tzlichus, there's a concept of Kel Melech Yeshua Kesar Achamim. So it's a Kel Melech, but it's sometimes Yeshua Kesar Achamim. There's a Muslim of Kel Melech Yeshua Kesedin. It's still the Melech, but it's Yeshua Kesedin. And therefore, rather just defining Hashem as the Melech, we're going to more accurately exactly which way is he, is he interacting with us. And based on that is the way, the channel we're going to use of how we're going to approach him in fit. And what specific Shemana Esra in all that Because the Shemana we said previously is, that, is the way we approach Hashem directly. As opposed to other times, we're praising Hashem, we're thanking Him, we're asking something, but it's not like either we're approaching Him. All three styles of Avodah Zarah are included in our Shemana Esra. We say the same Shemana Esra every time, even though. That's what we said last time. That Chazal gave us a nusach that encompasses everything, and then basically we have to we have to use the koyach within that Shemana Esra for the way we want to daven. So yes, Chazal gave us the framework which all options are included, but based on what we want to do is which style, which which path we're going to go. So why, if they're all included, then why not say no? Melech is not general. It's, it's too general. It's not, a, it's not a way to approach Hashem. It's just that he is the king. Whereas there are different ways to speak to the king. And based on that, we, we're defining it. It's different mahalchim, how a person speaks to the king. And that's the, that's the one of those ones, depending on the situation, is the one we're going to use when we do it. You know which situation is we'll, we'll discuss it. Just like we say, Kamel, we say, like, 
you could say that if you wanted to. Uh, the Anaka of Ram is the way that Ram we're saying from our point of view, but how Ram related to. We're talking about Shem Yesh, like I said, we're talking from his point of view. Not Melech of Ram, The first time we see this name in the Torah is when God appears to Moshe. That's how he introduces himself to Moshe before he basically says, Moshe, you need to be the Shliach of the Geula. The name Yud Kevavka, he says to Moshe. No, but he. But it, it says, I am, uh, when, when he appears to Moshe, he says, I am Elokei Avram, Elokei Yitzhak, Elokei That wasn't the first time it comes from Torah. Like I said, the others themselves know David used that language. Sure, they used the other two, but it, to have all three together, this exact name was only, was used with God. Because it's the others talking, so that's why I said, Yaakov wouldn't say it by himself, Elokei Yaakov. Right. He would say, Elokei, my Elokei. You know, so he comes, he doesn't mention it in the third person. Fine, but I, I think, I mean, I, I guess I would just ask, I just wonder how that name at that point ties into what we're saying as well. Why God Hashem just, was telling much exactly the same thing. And as I'm saying from Mitzrayim, it's Chosnavos. So that was the Chosnavos aspect of it? 100%. That's the told Moshe. First of all, first. The Chosnavos, the first one. And even if Klai nothing else, and Moshe complained to Hashem. Moshe said, why didn't you say Klai And Hashem said, I'm saying Klai Shalom, it's Chosnavos, not Chosnavos. And then you didn't, you you weren't as faithful as always. So Hashem wants to say, I'm doing something with Chos Tavos. He's going to call himself. Okay, Avraham and Kaiyakov. What we're saying uh, is true. And at every point in Shemun Esrei, we should be attaching ourselves to Avraham and Kaiyakov. And at the end of every breath, instead of saying Baruch Hashem Lekinu Melacham, we say Baruch Hashem Lekinu. We never say Hashem Lekinu Melacham in Shemun Esrei. We always say Baruch Hashem. And the idea, the reason we do that is because we, we have a principle of brachas mochel chaberta, which means once you've defined something in the first bracha, everything is continuing on that. Yeah. Okay, so that's what we're talking about today. The idea of why the first begins with that idea of the kavram and the idea that there's three approaches to tefillah, and therefore we're defining them because, based on the, the situation, we're going to try and attempt to follow in the, in, in the footsteps of the of the one that one of the others who use that approach to tefillah. When we approach Hashem as well.